Joe. Andrew Winston. Shana. Jesus. Alex O'Toole. From Tupelo, Mississippi. From Round Rock, Texas. From Lincoln, Nebraska. From Salt Lake City, Utah. They're from Orange County, California, and I am... And I am... Yo soy... Leading second. Leading second. I'm leading second. Leading second. Leading second, what's up? Welcome back to season three of the Leading Second Podcast. My name is Brandon Stewart, and I am so excited and honored that you're here today, that you found this space. If you lead, but you're not in charge, then Leading Second is for you. So welcome home, uh, welcome to this space today, and I am so excited for our episode today. As you can tell, I am coming to you live from my attic. <laughs> I, my state, like many of yours, is under a stay-at-home order for the next couple of weeks. And so here we are. We are no studio, no fancy lights, coming to you straight from temporary office. Um, you know, we're all leading in such uh, incredible days right now and such a unique season. Um, we're just embracing that here on the podcast and bringing you some conversations we really need for today. So I got homeschool going on downstairs. We have studio, temporary studio going on upstairs, and uh, we're just going to have some fun bringing some necessary conversations in this season that we all need. You know, I, I think you're probably like me, or I hope you're like me. I wake up every single day right now so excited about God's church. I believe that we're in significant days for the local church. I mean, when have we ever been in a season like this? And yet I just see the church innovating quickly, doing things like we've never done them before. And I believe these are great significant days. But for today's episode, we wanted to bring you a conversation that I believe will help you, you know, as you attempt to lead in this season. Today, uh, we're going to bring to you a conversation with Pastor Larry Bry from Elevation Church on supporting our pastors during the coronavirus crisis. Uh, this past Monday night, we did an online meetup with Leading Second with Pastor Larry, and it was so good. It was so incredible. I couldn't leave it for just a one-time stream online. We had to bring it to you here on the podcast. In my opinion, Larry Bry is one of the greatest second chair leaders in the world. I believe he has such a strong and clear voice that all of us who lead from the middle need to hear. Of course, he's a part of the lead team at Elevation Church under the leadership of Pastor Stephen Furtick in Charlotte, North Carolina. Elevation Church, Elevation Worship are changing the face of the local church today. And to think that we had some time this week with one of the original lead team members of Elevation Church, it was, it was so good. It was so powerful, so anointed. I wanted to bring it to you today. So uh, without any further ado, we're going to go to that meetup, uh, bring it to you live on the podcast. I pray that you'll get yourself into a frame of mind wherever you're at, or, you know, if you can slow down to listen to this, take some notes, you know, open up a note in your phone, write some things down, grab some wisdom. There's some things he's going to say that we all need to hear right now in this season, this hour for our, our day as leaders. So without any further ado, here it is, uh, my conversation from this last week with Pastor Larry Bright. And LB, let's just get started. Tell us, catch us up on your world. How are you doing? This has been a season like no other. So uh, catch us up what's going on at Elevation right now. What a history-making season for good reasons, bad reasons, reasons that our grandkids are going to write books about and documentaries and just, wow, it is, it is kind of epic uh, with what's happening. You know, I talked to uh, a man today that 
his business, he had to lay off 150 employees. But I also talked with the single mom who's home trying to figure out how do I put meals on the table for my kids. And so it is, it is an incredible season where we're seeing um, this thing sweep across our world in such a powerful way. And yet we're not excited about the circumstances we're in, but we're, we're, I'm excited to see how the church is responding and rising up in this season. So much like all of you church leaders, like thank you for the hours you're putting in, the calls you're making, the way you're loving people. Like, man, I'm just praying God's grace and power just fill you because you can see the church just kind of stepping up to the plate right now. I couldn't agree with you more. And I just want to thank you for being on with us tonight. Um, I'm not just, you know, going to say this because you're sitting here. I say this all over the place. To me, LB, you are one of the great, one of the greatest uh, second chair leaders in the local church um, in North America, in the world. I love your heart. You, you always challenge us. You call us higher. You set the bar really high for all of us. And so I just want to say a big thank you to you for, uh, for the way you lead. And um, just so you know, I'm also, don't tell my pastor, I am a member of Elevation Church Matthew's Facebook group right now, which means I technically attend your campus. So you're all... So you're also my campus pastor right now. So I may or may not be watching everything you're doing in this season and I'm about to copy all of it somehow. So please tell me what we can do better because we're figuring out right with you. It's like we watched a YouTube video and we're doing it ahead of you. We're like that. Like we're like all the moms that are home trying to be teachers to your kids. You watch the video and then you teach your kids. (laughs) That's what we're doing. Hey, I want to introduce you to, by the way, a couple quick friends, and then we'll get into this. I have on my on here my friend Anna Morgan. She's the executive pastor at City Church Chicago uh, with pastors Kent and Allie Muncy. So she and I are longtime friends. She's been on our podcast before, so she's going to help me ask you some questions, as well as uh, Jason Humphrey. He and his wife Mandy are the campus pastors at one of the locations of Hope City Church in Houston. So they're on here. I figured this would be just more fun with people, so um, rather than you and I talking to each other by ourselves. Uh, Rachel Buckner from our Champion Center uh, online team is here, and she's watching and scouring the Q&A and the chats and all of that. And then, you know, my wife. So we're all on here just to have a lot of fun tonight. So I would love to just um, open up with the big question, I guess, that we that we, you know, put over this this conversation tonight. And that is how do we support our pastors well in this season? We all have been thrust into a landscape that we didn't see coming, you know, a landscape that is unlike anything, you know, any of us have seen, I, I guess my heart has been in this place that I know our pastors are carrying things right now during this season. I think our pastors wake up thinking about things we don't wake up thinking about every single day. So I just want to set you free for a little bit on that topic. And then we, we got more than enough to get to tonight. But um, talk to us about our relationship with our pastors. I think it's so vital we get it right right now. Gosh, it is, it is so, there's so much weight being carried everywhere. And um, when I was, you know, thinking about our church and talking to some of our leaders, I was led to Jesus feeding the 5,000. And this is the image maybe I would give some of you that are feeling pretty exhausted right now, pretty, pretty tired right now. Because this is recorded in all the gospels, but in, in Mark, in verse 30 is where the story begins. And Jesus, he had just sent the disciples out to, to heal in all manner of his name, and they're driving out demons. And then they're coming back to him like giddy kids, like, look what we did, Jesus, daddy, daddy, look what we did. 
and they're so excited, but they're exhausted and they're tired. But meanwhile, Jesus knows that John the Baptist had just been beheaded. The disciples don't know that. So Jesus is carrying this weight of his dear friend that has just been beheaded, and now he's got to minister to these disciples. And it's funny, the disciples come to him, and in verse 30, I won't read through the whole thing. I just want to lay out a little bit for anybody who's a little tired tonight, for anybody who's a little exhausted, and you're supporting a leader that you don't necessarily think you've got what it takes to give them what they need. Jesus has positioned you for a miracle. He says he gathered the disciples around him, reported all they had, and he said, um, then because so many people were coming and going, they did not even get a chance to eat. He said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they're high, they're tired, they're exhausted, um, they're hungry, they need food, and they're going to think they're going to get on a boat and go to the other side of the lake, kind of this R&R thing with Jesus to get some rest. Jesus knows where they're going, so I don't think Jesus lied to them because he said, come and get some rest. So Jesus knows what's going to happen on the other side of the lake, yet he says, come with me and get some rest. So Jesus' idea of rest is very different than my idea of rest. So he puts them on the boat. He takes them across to the other side of the lake. And now all these crowds are gathering from all these different places. So they went by themselves on a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving, recognized them, ran on foot. When Jesus landed and saw the large crowd of people, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them. By this time, it was late. And the disciples said to him, this is a remote place, Jesus, already late. Send the people away so they can go get some fruit from the village sites. Verse 37, he says, you give them something to eat. Jesus, I'm exhausted, and I'm supposed to give somebody else rest? Jesus, I'm hungry, and I'm supposed to feed somebody else? Jesus, I can't do it, and I'm supposed to tell somebody else they can do it? That's exactly where we are positioned today. Hmm. We are called to give somebody something we don't have. But I know that my pastor's carrying a weight because he just heard that John the Baptist has been beheaded and he's carrying weights that I'm unaware of. And yet he's making unreasonable demands of me in this season that seem unreasonable. I thought we we're going to get rest. You mean I find rest by helping somebody else get rest? You mean I get filled up by feeding somebody else? Because that's what happens. Jesus says, what do you have? You feed them. I got couple loaves, a couple fish. Jesus multiplies it. And then this is the cool part, verse 39. This is what I would direct to all of us that are second share leaders. This is the word that I want to speak over all of us. Maybe this would help, Brandon, in verse 39. Then Jesus directed them to, um, to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of 50 and 100, taking the five loaves and the two fish, looked up to heaven. He gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. We're in the food distribution process right now, people. Wow. Our whole job is to take the message of hope found in Christ and figure out ways to distribute it to the masses. We've got to figure out the distribution plan so our pastors don't have to figure out about that. Jesus could have fed the people himself, but he put it in the disciples' hands. All of us logging in, we're all disciples. We're hungry, we're exhausted, absolutely. Me too. But we get we find rest by helping others give rest. That's just what I've been thinking about for us tonight, Brandon. I hope that helps. No, it's so good. And um, 
It's so good. And I think that the thing that's the most interesting about this season is that none of us have been here before. You know, church church plants who had their school shut down where they're meeting haven't been here before, but neither has Elevation Church been here before. I mean, this this is this is uncharted, you know, territory. We we had this question, I guess, come in um, already on Facebook tonight, and it said this: What is one question we should be asking our pastors right now that would help them? What would you say about that? Yeah, I um, I, I love it, but I think I, I would rather than phrase it in the form of a question, I would frame it in the form of solutions. Because what they've got an abundance of is questions. And I think what we have the capacity to do is if I take the principle of Jesus has got to feed the 5,000 men plus the women and children. So, you know, there's, gosh, 5,000 people. I mean, 5,000 men, but 10,000 people, 12,000 people. And I'm supposed to be in groups of 50 and 100 because I need to get the food to them. If we use that as our mindset to think about our role in the ministry, the gospel has got to get to all those people. How do we arrange it in groups? Pastor, I know you've got a lot of questions, but here are three ways that I think we can get the food to the people. I've already contacted these three resources. I've already worked these three angles. I've already opened up these, these three channels. Bring them solutions so they can give you perspective on it. I mean, it is, it's good intentions to say, hey, pastor, what do you need? He doesn't need that. He doesn't need that. He needs you looking and say, Pastor, I got three things for you. Which one of these three makes the most sense? So I would frame it in the place of solutions that give them options rather than just saying, what do you need? I'm glad you have a pencil and paper, but man, put something on it and bring it to him before you just show up with a blank page. Totally. Well said. Well said. Hey, I'm going to open up Jay or Anna if you or Lindsay, if you guys have any um, questions. Rachel, I'll let uh, open up to the forum here for a second. If not, I'm gonna keep going. What kind of encouragement, LB, could you give? I know a lot of our churches have have younger staff members. A lot of them, this is their first professional role, right? So they've not had a lot of corporate experience. A lot of them um, maybe haven't been told that they have the empowerment to bring those solutions. Is there an encouragement you can give them to just be willing to step out? Um, Maybe get your hand slapped a little bit if it needs to be, but at least be bringing those solutions to the table. Yeah, I love it because I think part of it is people can run fast. They've just never been taught how to run. And we're in this season that we've got to get up to speed fast. And so what can we do um, with, and so I would, I would look at it like those young staff members. What I'm going to have to do is have a meeting where the senior pastor's not in the room that we can now start coaching one another that brings them solutions corporately rather than just firing off one at a time. Because if you're in a team of four people or 14 people, get together and say, what do we bring collectively that are solutions rather than pinging them with one-offs? And they're just getting divided because it's all getting pulled in many different directions because collectively, we know this, like we're so much faster, Jason. Absolutely right. Hey, LB, we had this question come in on online again just kind of staying in this this vein here for a minute um what are little things we can do we've already talked about bringing them solutions so i really like that thought what are little things we can do that make a big difference in this time for our pastors i love it because i think what it is it's knowing your pastor's voice and their values 
so that you can represent their vision within the ministry. And so if you know, I was talking with a pastor today, he's outside of Atlanta, about a 5,000 person church, and it's about half of the uh, of his congregation is older and half of it's younger. And his heart is really to care for the older. So I was able to tell one of his staff members, like, have you actually gotten a list of all of the folks that are older that aren't gonna jump onto Facebook and YouTube, but you're actually gonna create a plan to go to their house and actually visit these people. And his, the staff member who, who works for the senior pastor is like, I hadn't thought about that. And so I think the best practical thing is to know what matters to them and to make sure it's being attended to. Mm -hmm. So for that pastor, it was the older congregation that everybody else was figuring out about online church, but nobody was thinking about home visits anymore. But that was the burden of his heart that the team, once they heard it, like, that's it. That's my pastor's heart. And so that's where I was like, stop and like, what does matter to him in this season? That's so good. I want to go to Rachel for a second. I'm not sure, Rachel, what's been coming in on on chat and Q&A. Um, yeah, what do you one see? person was asking, how do we support our pastors more effectively when we're a group of mostly volunteers with full-time jobs and offer and struggle to offer more time? So quality maybe versus quantity time? Yeah, um, it is so important that that team of volunteers, and I'm, I'm going to kind of repeat myself a little bit with this. It's you're getting together and trying to solve the thing together because there's so much synergy in it. So you could have five different people. Each one of them has got like 15 hours a week. But if you can put four hours overlapping together, my goodness, what does that do? And so sometimes we fight battles alone that we can only fight together. And so don't feel bad if you're, and again, when we started the ministry at Elevation Church, we couldn't, there was no such thing as I was just a, a volunteer. It's like, man, you are an ambassador of the good news of Jesus. You have been tapped on the shoulder to have a seat at the table to represent Christ and lead this thing. So never, don't feel bad about a title whether it's uh, whoever's paying your paycheck doesn't determine your value in the kingdom. And so, but you got to get together with your counterparts and now start saying, how do we schedule our days? How do we schedule our weeks so that we're overlapping so that things aren't falling through the cracks and we're meeting the needs of our community? That's so good. Anna, did you have a question? Yeah, I think one of the things, I love what you're talking about in terms of really honing in on those values and what's important to our pastor. Cause I feel like that becomes the heartbeat of our church. Yeah. I think one thing that's been so challenging has been so much has changed so fast in the last 10 days. It's like every day the rules change. And yep. so our strategy is changing continuously. It feels like, and so keeping that connection up to our pastor and that connection down to our teams to know like, okay, what the heck are we doing right now yeah. has been a real challenge. Um, but I think what you're saying about keeping, if, if we keep those values at the core of the strategy decisions, it helps keep us, it helps keep us grounded. But I don't know if there's anything more you, you want to say about just in such a dynamic environment, some of the things that are important. Yeah, I love it. One, Anna, uh, I was out there with you guys at City Church a couple weeks ago. You guys have such a great ministry out there. Pastor Kent, Pastor Allie, like I walked away so refreshed um, mm -hmm. by what you're doing there and your leadership in the local body. So thank you for what you do. It was, uh, I walked away so encouraged. I have no idea if you guys were, but I was, 
walking away from it very, very encouraged. Oh, you rocked our church. We were forever changed. It was so good. We, it was fun. we still talk about it. Oh, I hope in a good way. <laughs> um, yes, yes. But, but I mean, gosh, I mean, you think how rapidly things, to your point, cha- changed, Anna. It's like, you go back 14 days ago, we're still thinking the NCAA tournament is happening. And then within a matter of, I mean, then within a matter of days, like, then within a matter of days, it's like now NBA is being canceled. And now, oh my gosh, we were going to be able to get everybody together at church. And then the next day, there's a net press conference that says you can't get together in groups bigger than 10. It's like, oh my gosh. And now it's shelter in places. It's nobody leaving. And as fast as things are are, are changing, it's like, and what, you know, you, you guys all know this, because when you start talking to people, everybody's priorities start to be galvanized in this season. What really matters becomes essential. So in, in this season, one of the byproducts of it is we start to actually start to see what the priorities of our ministry are, what things are written in pen and what things need to be written in pencil. And we've got to hold on so loosely to the method, but we never let go of the mission. And so where we're going to get left behind in this season is we're holding on to a method when God says that thing is five versions outdated. No wonder the software is not working. You haven't upgraded your software. So God is forcing our software to be updated in real time and it's multiple daily updates. And so for me, who likes order and structure and process, oh, I'm losing control. So if any of you are losing control Oh my gosh, we're in good company. And maybe just maybe one of the residuals is God is trying to teach me that you've never been in control anyway. Yeah. And for, I am the person that every day clicks on my computer software, remind me tomorrow, by the way, like I'm that guy. So I, I'm remind me tomorrow on software update for like three months. So, uh, daily software updates are, are a challenge. It's funny. Cause my, my wife, we've got an app that shows where the school buses are in our school and my wife, it wasn't working on hers. And I grabbed her phone. I was like, Babe, you haven't updated your software in over two years. <laughs> I'm not quite that bad, but I'm 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 with it her. Sounds like something I would do. <laughs> but you have everything you need to do to make it run. You just haven't got the updated software. That's so funny. Hey, I want to maybe throw a thought in here though. I think one of the most important things we do is just remain unoffendable right now, Anna. You know, to your point. I mean, you talk about things moving fast. How about accidentally getting, you know, not getting invited to a meeting, you know, or or getting overlooked or communication didn't get to you? It's just nothing personal right now. It's 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 purely all situational. Exactly. Usually, oh yeah, that's all happening for sure. I mean, I've been thinking about that just because every everyone's reinventing our pastors. You know, I don't know how many group threads you guys have on your phone right now. I got like. 599 going simultaneously right now, all for different purposes. And it's just moving so fast. I think we just have to give our pastors the gift of being unoffendable. And uh, that is Brandon. That's, that's great. I'm so glad you said that because you combine a propensity to be offended with tired, um, new rhythms. You've got kids in your house. You don't know when the relief is going to come. You are just a breeding ground for an explosion of offense. So for those of us that can be easy to offend, it's multiplied by what? A factor of 10, 100 right now? 
And so, man, that is such a good point, Brandon, just being, being hard to offend. So I wanted to get to the topic tonight of our pace right now in this season. So I think we've all established that we're in a fast changing, you know, Environment. I mean, literally, since the time we started this call, the Washington state governor has declared, you know, stay at home, shelter in place. So I'm technically breaking the rule at my own office right now, you know, just just since we got on the phone with you tonight. So just just forever, forever changing. But let's talk about our pace. I mean, um, I was on a call earlier today with lead pastors and the question came up about giving staff a day off or, you know, Sabbath and all that. And. Of course, of course, we're all about it, but yet it's it's just, we're we're in a triage you know kind of environment right now. We're in an emergency, an ER room right now, and so I think the pace probably has to feel pretty quick. So maybe just talk to us about your pace right now. Maybe help some people feel normal if they feel like the pace is really fast. You know? <laughs> oh my gosh! Like yeah, it's 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 the first first lap on anything is always the hardest lap because you don't know how long it's going to take. And what we're doing is we're taking a lap around something that we have no idea when we're going to come around that last turn. So it's one thing to know, Brandon, that, okay, I can do this for six days or I can do this for six hours, but do it for dot, dot, dot. And that's where we're at right now. And so there is something to stopping and sharpening your ax. You do have to stop and sharpen your ax, but what might take, um, three days of rest has got to be accomplished now in three hours. And so I think pace is connected more to purpose than anything. And you give me somebody who is intimately connected to purpose, they can take the pace. Where I start doubting the pace is when I get disconnected to purpose because your motivation and your memory are intimately connected because when I stop to remember what God has done or what he's called me to, I often start to ask, now, why did we do this again? Now, how long are we going to do this? And so, man, in this season, we've got to keep the purpose. Pastor Kevin, I'm just going to jump over. Tell us. Talk hey. to us, mighty man of God. Hey, Pastor Kevin needs to get on here. I didn't even know he would have been there. What in the world? PK. We're just going to call an audible right now. This earbuds in, so... I don't know. We're going to make this happen right now. PK, are you there? We'll get there. No oh, we can hear you. No social distancing. Go I, I, on I here. I wanted to let him borrow my AirPods, but I said that's, not, that, that's too much. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry for the interruption. I just had to see all your faces. No, we're, I'm so. This is the best interruption possible. <laughs> Larry Bry was just schooling us on our pace and and how it may feel a little fast right now in this season. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Very true. You you too, huh? Yep. I think it's uh, everybody East Coast, West Coast, and everybody in between is kind of picked up the pace, haven't they, Pastor Kevin? Absolutely. We're working longer, having more fun. And getting better results than we got in a long time. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so it is true. Uh, yeah, totally. Okay, bye, guys. Hey, thanks for saying hi. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. 
pace. It's just, it, for me, it feels very much like we, we started our church all over again. That's scary, but so exciting to me. It feels like we are doing everything all over and we're scrapping everything and we're starting from ground zero. And I love it. It's so invigorating for me, but it's freaking a lot of people out. Totally. I think one, I think I, um, I kind of started getting in my head a little bit and a little anxious because I didn't know when the lap was ending and I had to remind myself to breathe. Like, I think I, it was like, I was holding my breath almost, you know, I was like, kind of waiting for it to be over. Like if you're going to get a shot and you're like, I'll just hold my breath until the shot is over. It's like, but you don't know how long the shot is. So you gotta, you gotta breathe through it. And I felt a lot better when I realized like, okay, maybe not new normal, like forever, but like until we've land somewhere, like I need to continue to breathe. <laughs> yes. Yes. It is so hard though. Yeah. To your point, like I can brace myself for the shot. Yeah. But we all lose hope when we don't know when the end is coming. And that's when, 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 we, when we will like give up on stuff when we don't know that this will ever change or it'll ever be different. But here's the reality. All we have is today. And we don't know when this thing is going to end. But what we've been called to do is to reach people today to advance the gospel today. So the devil and the enemy wants us to withdraw, batten down the hatches and let this thing blow over. We can't do that. Because if we do that, we have forfeited a nation and the church will not do that. Hey, LB, we're seeing a lot in the comments and I experienced it last week. The opportunity for that discouragement to come that, hey, I'm going to give up. I must not be prepared for this season. When we have team members or even ourselves that find ourselves at that moment, what kind of practical advice could you give us to just kind of take a pause and take a breath and refocus? Yeah, I, th I think the best leaders are, are not going to be the ones that pretend like people don't have emotions or feelings or try to pretend like they're 10 foot tall and bulletproof. And so uh, if I'm talking with you, Jason, it would be like, hey, Jason, a bad leader would be like, hey, Jason, tell me if you're struggling at all. Okay. You're never going to come tell me anything. So practically, hey, Jason, uh, I'm a little nervous right now, too, because I've got one of my four kids. She's got an autoimmune disorder. And so I'm trying to figure out the balance between, be, between being a father that's faith-filled, but also guarding my daughter. And so it's creating a little anxiety in me, Jason. So I just want you to know if you're struggling with those, any of those things, we're in this thing together. But we still have to move forward despite the fear and the uncertainty we have. So am I creating a space for you to have real emotion and real feeling, or do I just tell you get over it because we need to reach people? And so we've got to give permission for humanity, but we also have to point to a greater purpose. And they happen simultaneously. It's not either or, it's both and. This whole year on the podcast, that's exactly what we're talking about is both and tensions, essentially. And I'd love that you just got us to that point. I'm just really passionate about leaders understanding right now that that's how it feels in leadership. That's how it feels to live on purpose. It feels like tension. We use the analogy, in fact, that that a, an instrument like a piano or a guitar only makes music with tension. Uh, strings without tension create no sound. Of course, too much tension and they break, so we don't want that. But the right amount of tension plays a beautiful song. And and so I think we're, we're just trying to get leaders comfortable and right. Certainly right now it feels like tension, but but we're just all comfortable in that. Well, Pastor Stephen, my pastor, he says all truth is found in tension. 
everything. So even if you look at the passage that I just referenced with Jesus feeding the 5,000, he goes, you are a sheep and a shepherd. Okay, disciples, you are both a sheep and a shepherd at the same time. It's not like I can be a shepherd or I can be a sheep. No, you are both simultaneously. You are hungry as a sheep, but you need to feed as a shepherd. And we can't, it, it, I was talking with a staff member, kind of gave him this analogy. And for those of us with kids, we understand this. If I'm babysitting, I know that they're going to come home and I'm going to go home. But we are now with, a, with, a, with, a, with an infant and it's two in the morning and they've thrown up all over the place. And we're exhausted. Yes. And we still have to be a parent. That's kind of where we are right now. So I love the tension of both ends, Brandon. Absolutely. I want to switch us to a little bit of a different topic now, if it's okay. I want us to get really practical for a minute. We had a truckload of of questions come in in advance and are coming in now on people engagement. So we're all pastoring digital. We are all online pastors right now. And I would just love to hear from you because I mean, I could, we could spend the whole call just on this. I would just love to hear from you right now what's working for you. Maybe something that didn't work for you. Um, Just as you, you, your entire campus is now you know, essentially a Facebook group. So uh, what's working and, and what's not working, at least from your seat right now? Yeah, I, I think um, one of the things I love about my pastor, Pastor Stephen, is he he kind of prepared us for where we're at today. And so if we go back seven years ago, as we, re- we really jumped into the online world 24-7 content. But from that, it forced us to really come to this point about three, year, three, three and a half years ago, where it's like we have people around the world that are identifying Elevation Church as their home and Pastor Stephen is their pastor. And so we had to realize we either need to like um, create a structure to care for those people or we need to shut it down because we can't be having babies around the world and not afford to send them to college. So we, we just, we can't be illegitimate fathers. We can't do that. And so we've got to understand that if we're starting to sow seed out there, we have a responsibility with it. And what is our responsibility? And so it brought us to the point of developing what we call our EFAM, which, which you're a part of. Um, and the EFAN is our, our online digital thing. It runs through multiple streams because we've been in a place of multi-site. We're now in the multi-stream age is where we're at. That, that's where we're at right now is multi-stream. And so our online team is really the one that created the digital campus. And so when all this went down two weeks ago, all 20 of our physical locations, we simply looked at our online team and said, teach us, what are you doing? And so we've had to turn all 20 of our physical locations into replicas of what we're doing with our online thing. And so for us, it's creating, it's learning the difference between just sending out content and creating conversations with people. It's really different uh, trying to create followers versus really engaging members of this thing. And so we're, we're learning right with all of you guys as well with it. I think one of the things that we do well is right now we're in a season of pushing everybody, like you mentioned, to Facebook group. Because in the Facebook group, it allows us to run watch parties and get content out and create conversations, create places for volunteers to serve, create places for engagement and, and connection to happen. And so we're now trying to push everybody onto that. And it's a big learning curve for us, for sure. Hey, Larry, can you talk a little bit about what, what, how you guys, what a day-to-day flow in that Facebook group looks like for you guys now? What do you guys put in there? What conversations? How does yeah. that work? 
We are coming up with anywhere four to six posts that are going on there. We are looking at the whole week, trying to schedule, okay, when is that campus staff going live to do uh, some kind of online presence, like a lunchtime prayer? So several of our campuses went with like a lunchtime prayer, but we're also trying to coach people that when you're doing prayer, you actually have to engage with the comments that are coming up and get people to contribute to it so you can have conversations. That's a whole nother world for somebody who's in a physical world. It's easy for me to get up and give talking points, but now to me to engage somebody where I'm going to be like, and I see Anna just popped in here today. And Anna was just at your church the other day. And now we create a conversation through our fingers. That's such a whole new world for us. So we're having to really take it down to base level. Like, all right, guys, when you go on, here's some of the basics you want to cover, how to engage, how to talk, but you also have volunteers on there that are fostering those conversations for you. That's a place where you can make volunteers. So physical locations, it's easy to say, well, what are our volunteers going to do? No, you can have 30, 40 volunteers on that thing with you, creating conversations in the Facebook. So if we were doing this now, and it's a Facebook group, I could say for all of you who want to get into a small group right now, our team just dropped in the link, click it right now. It's floating across or it's pinned at the bottom. And now you can click on it, you can join a group, and people can follow up with you virtually in real time. You could, you could do this. You could have a post pinned at the bottom that says, some of you need to pray face-to-face with somebody. Click on that link, and it'll open up a Zoom window, and now you can be talking with Rachel, and she can be praying with you right now face-to-face. It's really good. Um, what is volunteering looking like for you right now? So obviously, you know, we don't have greeters anymore. Now we have chat hosts. <laughs> Or, you know, so how are you all moving people from the traditional role to the, the, the new role? Yeah, you just, um, you just listed up some of them. Um, I mean, so you've got chat hosts, you've got a welcome team that's simply trying to get you connected. So tonight we had church, we had 15 people get signed up to get into one of our virtual e-groups tonight, one of our, uh, our virtual e-groups. So awesome. somebody has got to like in real time, follow back up with them. We had people make decisions for Christ tonight salvations happened tonight. We had people who want to get into our next level e-group, which is more of like an entry-level Bible study, people that need prayer requests. We also started online um, ways for people to start serving through outreach from home. It's like you and your kids could pull out some paper and write cards to all the folks at a retirement community. You mail those to us at the church. We will let them sit for 24 hours so nothing grows on it, and then we will hand deliver them for the church to these places for us. So it's creating ways to take pockets of time that they'd normally be doing nothing with and now giving them purpose and meaning. Digitally, you got all kinds of things, all kinds of things of outreach as well. Awesome. Hey, Rachel, what do you what do you have for us? I have a couple questions about um, the frequency of digital communication. So without oversaturating, we wanna be communicative, we wanna be inclusive and create opportunities. What does that look like? elevation yeah i think our online team would really advise us that it's really no more than six posts a day um kind of living in that world but it's also looking at the kind of posts you're having so you want to try to create rhythms for people so if they know that you've got something coming out at 7 a.m that's really going to be like a thought from the sermon awesome i know when that's going to come i know when the upload of the sermon link is going to come so try to create some consistency in these buckets So people can know that I can go to Rachel and I can get this on Monday at 7 a.m. or on Wednesday at noon. I can go for prayer with my church. 
So try to create those big buckets that are anchors for you. And then you put other stuff around it that's just really engaging. Again, I also think, are you making people laugh? You know, are you giving people some fun? Or is everything so hyper-spiritual of let's all just pray for each other? Could could you have a, a post that's really like, man, share the fun things you're doing with the kids or a silly picture with them? It, it, all those things go into it as well. That's one of the things that we really appreciate about Elevation is how much fun y'all have online. Yeah. It's definitely, especially like in pre-service and things like that. Um, what What are ways to take that culture because we know that's part of your staff culture as well. What are intentional ways we can take our staff culture and bring that to the online world? I love it. Be really intentional about who represents your culture and don't put people in front of a camera just because they have a title. So pick the people in your ministry that represent your values, not have a certain title. That's where we'll go wrong. So we'll put XYZ person up in front because they're at the top of the org chart. They can't communicate. So don't put them in front of a camera. And so let's let's have some good conversations about what really represents it. But also, um, don't try to come off so slick and so so um, like like it's a studio. People know that you're not on the stage at your at your at your campuses or at your churches. They know you're in your living room. So wear clothes you would wear in your living room. Be be normal. Represent like they're not dumb. They know you're at your house. So don't try to preach to an auditorium full of people. Talk to 10 people sitting in your living room. That's what people need right now is meaningful connection. That is so funny, by the way. I'm just picturing someone in a suit, you know, sitting there. <laughs> oh, it's good. It's not because I was talking with, with one of those guys today and he goes, like, I would have never thought about that. He goes, I would have dressed like I'm going to preach on Sunday morning. I'm like, you can, but people are sitting in their pajamas. Like... <laughs> I'm not saying you be in your pajamas, yeah. but know where people are at right now. And you're not talking to a thousand people. You're just 10 people in your living room is what you need. So I have a big question that has come in. Um, maybe this will be the question that stumps you. I don't know. Um, what does the future look like? I mean, I, in uh, the... Uh, to me, I guess to me right now, what I'm thinking, what I'm believing actually is the local church in some ways is fundamentally changing. And maybe it's okay that that we start some things that don't stop. Obviously, we, we can't wait to get back together in person. We can't wait to be back in our buildings. That's all awesome. But I just wonder what your thoughts are on, on how the church is going to look different moving forward. Yeah, I mean, if, if we look back and we see the, the bride of Christ, it's survived and thrived in every season of struggle and persecution that's come along. You go back to 250 um, across Europe, you've got thousands and thousands of people dying from measles and smallpox. In 250, you had 5,000 people a day dying in Rome. And the thing that caused the church to flourish was the compassion of the Christians that came to serve the people. And so while everybody else is running away from it, the church is running to it. You look at Billy Graham and during World War II and seasons like that, they would pipe a, a speaker into, into Sweden and Norway, in Poland, and thousands and thousands of people would listen around a speaker just to hear the word of God. And I think people are huddling around computers and phones 
just to hear the word of God. The church will, will, will come out on the other side victorious. Now, what the, what the expression of that looks like, I think you're right. I think it's changing. I think the way we do business, the way we do employees, the way we do everything is shifting in our world today. And the church that's still waiting on physical checks to come in isn't going to make it. And so we've got to adopt like everybody else is adopting, but we don't reject technology. We leverage it to advance the gospel. And I will say that this new digital age isn't just a bridge to get us through this thing. It is a whole new roadmap to navigate the new season. It is a new map. And so how do we change with it? I don't know. It, it will affect our staffing models. How many people are going to think in terms of having people at the table that really represent this and understand this stuff? So you're going to see whole new models that start to percolate to the surface. I had a friend on the podcast last summer. His name is Jedediah Thurner. He is one of the lead team at Missions Me. And um, he actually made this this comment and it has just stuck with me. I haven't been able to get rid of it since last summer. He said, you know, there are there are billionaires and companies that are laying fiber and creating the ability for the Internet to go to every you know corner of the world. And he just said, it's my personal belief that the gospel, the worth, the earth will be one to the Lord and the gospel will be spread to the ends of the earth uh, through the Internet. And, and it's, it's just a thought that didn't leave me that, that this is certainly something that God is going to use moving forward. And isn't it interesting how the church has just had to undergo a major recalibration right now? Those that weren't good had to get good really fast. (laughs) And, but maybe it's just been right on time positioning us for something more. Um, Anna, do you have a question? Yeah, I just, I just wanted to comment on that. It's been interesting. I've heard about people in our church who've started posting links to our online services in their public work chats, like taking the risk of they know they're going to get in trouble with HR and they're, you know, potentially um, looking at the insecurity in their job, but they're doing it anyways to be a light, which is pretty cool, I think, to think about with all of this. Yeah. Well, you mean I could participate in the work of God by simply clicking share? You mean I could be a part of this ministry by doing something that seems so mundane? I was talking with a woman tonight. She's a teacher here in Charlotte, and she just shared the sermon uh, yesterday, and she put it on her on her Facebook page. She had a coworker who's of the Hindu faith click on. She would have never accepted her invitation because she's asked her to church twenty times, and she laughs at her would never come. She clicked on her link. She watched the sermon, and it began a conversation to open up a dialogue. She would have not come across the doors of a of our uh, one of the thresholds of her building, but she will click the link to explore it. Man, the opportunity for us to invade households and apartment complexes has never been greater, and people have never been more receptive. It's so good. I'm going to open up to Lindsay, Jay, some of you guys. If you want to ask a final question, I'm going to reserve the actual final question for myself. But uh, I don't know if you guys want to help me start to land the plane here on um this has been so good tonight lb i've really just appreciated you taking a few minutes it's late for you um so thank you so much rachel what do you got yeah um as as second tier leaders we're leaders of leaders what should our communication with the people we lead who also lead look like during this season if you are not tired of saying it they haven't heard it and so good 
You have got to stay on point with your messaging. Guys, we're going to be okay. The church has come through this stuff. You have got to not assume they heard that the first five times. And so if you're not being repetitious, you're not being, you're not taking it deep enough. And so don't figure out like, I got to come up with new fancy ways. Nope. Guys, we're going to be consistent. We're going to start with you matter. The church is here. We're going to keep moving forward. Just stay on point. Stay on point. They want somebody they can look to. Be a true north that's not changing messaging. Be an anchor that goes to the bottom and it holds the boat and says, guys, we are not going anywhere. That's what we're looking for right now. That's so good. So good. I do see um, a, a lot of questions. I was just trying to kind of scan them, but I see a, a lot of questions um, kind of talking about the balance of like, how do I, how do I balance with like the urgent versus like the sustainable? So like the things that I need to do just to like keep life going, whether it's family or even just your regular, you know, church job. Yep. Um, how do I balance that with the urgent? I, there's a couple of questions like that. Is there anything that you'd say, especially I'm thinking like, you know, um, you kind of mentioned it before, like we're all sitting in the house together and that's kids, that's grandma, that's whoever lives <laughs> in your house <laughs> yep. or was there when they did the lockdown, like that, that's who is there. So how do you, how are you maybe just speak a little bit to, to balancing that tension of like, how am I, how am I sustaining life and living in the urgent as well? It, oh, the hardest thing in the world, Lindsay, is for me to be here because I want to be there to be present in this moment. I, I would give you this definition of being a healthy leader. All of me is in this moment. It's the greatest definition of healthy I could ever give you because in this moment, what's competing for my attention right now is all of my problems all of my insecurity, the bills that need to be paid, the thing I didn't finish. Gosh, I didn't sleep enough last night, so that's pulling my attention. But for all of me to be in this moment is the absolute hardest thing in the world. And so urgent is giving all of my attention to what's in front of me right now. Church world, the reality is, is there's been an accident that has happened. And right now, what we're trying to do is to triage, and we're trying to make sure we don't lose people. Right. Cool. That is urgent. We got to get you to the hospital. We'll worry about physical therapy. Right now, we're just trying to stop the bleeding. So I can't take a, ther a physical therapy mindset into a emergent situation that's now life or death because that's really kind of where we're at. And so we've got to jump in with that. So what sustainable looks like today will be different than what it does tomorrow. But all I can do with is today. Now, practically, my wife and I have four kids. We've got a niece staying with us. So we've got seven people inside of our house and we're here in, in North Carolina, we're not leaving for 14 days. That's kind of where we're at right now. And so what we had to do with the kids today is, all right, guys, we're figuring out our schedule tomorrow. Here's everyone. Every time everybody's working and everybody's getting up and it's homework. And yeah, so I got to make sure I'm, I'm, I'm taking care of my priorities, but I'm giving the best version of myself to those moments when I'm there. So I know that tomorrow afternoon at four o'clock, we're having a family workout. Cool. I got to have all of me in that moment. Okay. It might not be working out for three hours. I might have 30 minutes, but it's got to work. That's so good. That's good. I, I actually have seen a couple of people um, commenting on the fact there's like a resurgence of the family meeting because it's like now you can no longer assume that I can have a video call in the family room where the background is nice because 
you were using that for your video call and, you know, and I wanted to work out at that time. It's yeah. like so the, the family meeting's different, but it's like, it's this resurgence of like figuring it out together. And I guess it's okay. You know, like it's, I think a lot of this will be, there's going to be some really good things that come from this too, you know? Yeah. You mean actually we have to sit and talk and actually plan out some things together? <laughs> we might have to talk to our loved ones a little bit. <laughs> wow. So maybe the byproduct is, is increased engagement. Maybe the byproduct is deeper relationship. Pastor Stephen preached out of Joshua 3 this weekend, and he talked about the distance the ark got ahead of him. And he said the distance is a gift to take the relationship deeper. And so in this season of social distancing, maybe just maybe God is giving the distance to create something deeper. I'm so glad my pastor preached that. Like, yeah, that encouraged me because there's there's meaning to it. There's purpose behind it. So good. By the way, speaking of social distancing, I couldn't get out of the 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 house tonight without someone joining me. Uh, so <laughs> I've had a little uh, I've had a little sneak over there this whole time. Uh, but <laughs> that's that's what family time looks like right now. <laughs> it's, kids, kids, hold up while you're on the video call. Hey, LB, I want to thank you again for tonight. Um, it meant so much. I'm going to ask you one more question here in a second. Before we do, I want to give some next steps to anybody who's here tonight. I have no doubt that we have some people. This would be your first time interacting with Leading Second. I'm just so glad you're here. We created this space for all of us who lead from the middle and just to give give dignity to the second chair, to value the second chair. You are right where God needs you right now and you are fulfilling every part of God's plan and purpose for your life, even while it is lost under someone else's vision, you know, selfless, invisible sometimes under someone else's vision. So we just couldn't be more excited that you're here. I want to encourage you to join us on a group we have created created a while back actually called the leading second forum and it is a group on facebook you can find it linked to the leading second page and on that's the place where we do life and have community and that that's our group that's our that's our leading second place so you you want to do life with our team and our leaders my wife and i um that is our community so um, leading second forum. And then also, uh, Lindsay and I are reinventing right now. Our ministry relies on travel and you know, we ain't flying right now. So I guess apparently we're not leaving the house anymore after tonight. So, um, we are excited to announce that in the next day or so, we're going to be opening up a new round of coaching groups. We haven't done them for a while with leading second, but this is our time. The, the idea being Isaac Newton, you know, discovered gravity, uh, invented calculus. I think like, like two or three things all under quarantine during, you you know, a season of, of you know, the flu or whatever, you know, go, going around the plague. So what, I just wonder what God could do in your life in this season uh, and, and how he could maybe build something in you. Maybe right now for you isn't as much about going wide as, wide as it is going deep and, and, and getting back to some things. And so we're calling them uncommon coaching groups and we're just going to pour our lives and our guts into you to raise you up to be the leader every pastor would kill to have on the team and because we know it's a very interesting season right now for all of us for church budgets for all of it there is a cost to coaching groups but we're also going to implement a pay what you can model for coaching groups just because we just want to coach leaders right now and and there's going to be information coming live in a day or so I want to encourage you to jump 
jump on that. It would just be our honor to to walk in this season with you uh, in the forum or in a coaching group. So a couple next steps if anybody wants to take them tonight. But LB, I'm just going to end with this tonight. Then I'm going to ask you to pray in just a minute uh, over every leader. But what would what would your prayer be that God would do in the life of every leading second leader right now in, in this season as we're reinventing and, and really going, you know, hard for our pastors right now? What are you just believing for God to do in the life of every person that's watching here tonight? In Joshua three, I mean, it, it's the bookend it's of, of the, the 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 Israelites getting into the promised land, and and so the, Joshua goes to the camp, says, "Hey guys, consecrate yourself today for tomorrow. The Lord will do amazing things among you." So there's something we have to do today to prepare for tomorrow because all we have is today. And what's fascinating about that story is, and here's what I would want everybody um, who's leading in the middle right now. Um, is to realize that as the leaders got their feet in the water, the water steeped up in, in, in piles up so that all of the nation crossed over on dry ground. But what did the leaders have to do after they got their foot in it? They had to stand in the middle. That's where the blessing is. It was in the middle of the Jordan. They had to stand so that everybody else could get through. And so here's the thing. I know you're tired. I know you're exhausted. I know you feel like you don't have what it takes. You don't have to have everything. You just have to stand. You just have to stand firm so that you create a place so that others can come into the presence of God. That's what we're doing, Brandon. That's what we get the beauty of being in in leadership. It's not easy. You're going to get your feet wet. You're going to get your knees dirty. You're going to get your elbows bloodied. But praise God that we get to do it for his glory, for his name to be made famous, and many to call upon him. Thank you for standing in the middle. Thank you for creating a space that as you stand there, all the uncertainty, all the doubt, all of the fear, it's real. It doesn't go away. You don't graduate out of it once you get to 500 people or 5,000 people or 20. You don't graduate. You just go to different levels from glory to glory, strength to strength. It's new weight that comes with it. But you are called, you are equipped, and you have everything you need to stand in the middle to be that second chair leader that God has called you to so that the community can get into the promised land. That's what's going to happen in communities around this nation. I believe it. I believe it. Hey, will you just speak a blessing? By the way, man, that song, The Blessing That Came Out of Your House, could that have been more on time? I mean, you think about it, one of the last weekends the local church would gather for weeks and you prayed the the priestly blessing over over the I mean, what what an incredible you know, what an incredible thing. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. Um, but I, you know, that's on repeat in my car right now. Um, we just speak a blessing and we just really intercede tonight and pray for every church and every leader um, that's on the call tonight. Brandon, thank you. And Lindsay, thank you for what you're doing. Um, you're giving a voice to people who haven't had a voice or haven't had a pattern to follow. And what you guys are doing is you're creating a sound because when you start playing guitar, you don't start by learning chord charts. You start by hearing something and you mimic it. You're creating a sound that all the second chair leaders in the nation can hear and start to mimic it. We don't know what we're doing. I'm just gonna mimic the sound of something that sounds good. And that's what you're doing. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for creating a space and a place that all of us can come. I support you. I love you. I believe in you. And so does everybody that's on this call. You are so needed and necessary. 
in this next season. So Father, I thank you for Brandon and Lindsay. I thank you that your hand of favor is on their ministry. We thank you that leading second isn't just a pipe dream. It's not just a daydream, but it is from the heart of God to this nation. I pray for their strength right now. I pray for exceedingly abundantly more than they could ask or imagine. I know they're tired. I know they're exhausted. I know they're looking at the scarcity saying, how can we feed the masses from the little that we have? But I thank you that they are faithful disciples. They are sheep that their feelings matter, but they're also shepherds to the flock in the body of Christ. And I pray for everybody tuning in right now. I pray for every leader, every volunteer, every ministry team member that's on this call right now. God, anoint their eyes to see in the spiritual realm, your hand of favor on the earth. Anoint their ears to the frequency of heaven. They, they would hear your voice whispering when the world is shouting. Thank you that their hands are anointed for the work of the ministry. Thank you that their heart is pure. I know sometimes it's fleeting. I know sometimes it's distracted. But God, it is to give you glory and see many call upon the name of the Lord. Give them great favor, but give them perseverance. Remind them of the purpose that they got into this, Lord, to see lost people come unto you, to see your name be made famous. Restore unto them the joy of their salvation, Lord. Pour out your grace wave after wave after wave. And we give you glory in advance for the abundant harvest that is coming. Not so that churches grow, but so that you be made famous and many call upon the name of the Lord. Father, we seal these things under the precious and mighty and matchless name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We love you in your mighty name. Amen. I love you all. I love you, Brandon. I love you, Lindsay. Amen. Thank you so much, LB. Let's give all the snaps, all the, all the applause to uh, LB. Thank you so much. Well, I'm sure you can agree that was a phenomenal, phenomenal conversation. So much gold, so much wisdom, so much anointing. And thank you, Pastor Larry, for being our guest on the podcast this week. I want to encourage you to stay engaged with us at Leading Second. If we can be a help to you anyway, we want to hear from you. I want to encourage you, first of all, to hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this today and plan to join us for all episodes that we have coming up. We're on a totally, you know uncharted schedule right now with the podcast, but we're going to bring you necessary and vital conversations for this season, this hour uh, for us as leaders. I also want to encourage you to head to Facebook and check out the Leading Second Forum. That is our place of doing community and doing life together since every bit of community right now in the local church is going online. We figured we would embrace it and we're building a community there that we pray will just breathe life into you as a leader. So why don't you join us on Facebook, Leading Second Forum. It would be our honor to just pour our guts into you in this season. So hey, Leading Second, we love you. We're praying for you. We're standing with you. Until next time, let's run strong for the kingdom and lead in an uncommon way together. For more information, go to leadingsecond.com, where you can find our digital magazine. You can also follow us on Instagram, at leadingsecond, to keep up with our community of uncommon church builders.